sounding master of ceremonies because much like aliens the movie we're kind of in a bigger and better situation well we would have been in a bigger and betterer situation yeah but right now as you can probably tell it sounds a lot better because we put up soundproofing in the studio finally so we won't have a giant echo all the time no uh i mean we're looking at four blue uh, uh, not blur purple Blue and Blue black, and black. <laughs> squares of foam. We we had a mattress pad behind us hanging up on the wall. We're very professional. But hey, hey it, it's it's working. Okay, so it's far, working. So good. And when we get a new adapter, or you figure out some kind of technomancy to make sure everything works, then we'll get that done too. <laughs> and we'll be like super podcasters. We'll be, we'll be set. We'll actually be ready for what we're doing. Oh yeah. Speaking of what we're doing, um. I think at first, like last week, we didn't have a whole great idea of like how the next couple weeks were going to go, but we like locked that down we in like sad. an afternoon of what we're going to do, and all of the things are alien properties. <laughs> so, yes. yeah, we uh, we said last episode, and I put on the Instagram yesterday, that we're going to be doing action horror as a subgenre, and when I say as a subgenre... Um, it's just specifically big action horror franchise because there's so many different action horror movies. Oh, yeah. Um, and even, like, there are ones that we are gonna cover later and other ones that I thought that maybe we wouldn't cover. Like, I kind of cut it off as, like, the, the the fat that got trimmed was, like, Predator mm-hmm. and everything else that's, like, just that level of action movie. Okay. Versus something like, you know, Blade or Priest. Like, we can't do every vampire action movie. Like, we're not going to do all of them. It would take a full year, at least. I don't, you know. To go through all of that. <laughs> the only in one go. Well, the only franchise we'd have to cover is Underworld. That's but, true. But, you know, the other day when I was thinking about movies that we would and would not be doing, I kind of got sad because uh, that means we're not going to cover Van Helsing. <laughs> Isn't that with Hugh Jackman? So you haven't seen it. No. So, okay, maybe one day we'll do, like, a Giggle Flicks episode where we watch... Giggle Flicks. I love that. Like, where we just... Like, how we're going to do Alien Isolation. We just do that, but with a movie that we watch, and that's the extent of how it's covered. I'm okay with that. Because, listen, when I was a kid, I loved Van Helsing. I still think it's a great movie. Um, It's silly. And especially, I'm going to talk about it a little bit more when we get to Underworld, because Kate Beckinsale, who's Celine in Underworld, mm-hmm. who's hunting werewolves as a vampire, is in Van Helsing hunting werewolves and vampires, and her family is a, like, werewolf family. Okay. So, I, I, I truly, and it's in between, like, the third and the fourth, or the second and the third Underworld. Mm-hmm. So, they gave her a break to go be in Click. And to go do Van Helsing, and then she was back on Underworld. What a combination of movies. Like, weird, like it's so strange. Like, she's one of those people, she's been, um, like, oh, God, I don't remember. She's in a movie with, like, Tom Hanks, I think. Um, at, like, a romantic comedy. And then, like, the next year, she was in Underworld, and then she was in Click, and then, like, did another Underworld movie. And then was, in, like, in The Aviator, and then did more Underworld. <laughs> like, how, um, oh, man, um... Mia Djokovic, who's the the main character of, uh, of Resident, Resident Evil, Evil. Uh, she used to be a model and now just does action movies. <laughs> like, she just was a monster hunter. That's right. Yeah, and I'm like, so it's just basically Resident Evil again. 
But with bigger monsters. Yeah, and she's not some weird, like, genetic assassin. We'll get to Resident Evil. It's a weird story. <laughs> if you think the games are weird, the movies Strap are hard to follow. <laughs> and I watched all of them, like, cover, like beginning cover to, to end. Cover? Yeah, cover to cover. Like, you know, like, I would end one movie and begin another one. Uh-huh. And they, like, it's almost like they forgot there was a movie before. I'm like, no, you guys have continuity. Stop ignoring continuity. Like, you had rules, and now you're moving on like none of that ever happened. Not unlike Aliens, because Aliens is very organized. Yes. I mean, it's not. that's not even sarcasm. It's, no, it's just It just genuinely is organized. So we, I think we mentioned before, Aliens is the bigger, badder, like, not badder as in worse, but like badder as in like badass. Like, uh, 80s bad. Yeah, well, yeah. Like, well, <laughs> like not bad as a concept, but, like, bad. It's kind of like, like Michael Jackson's song, Bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But, like, better than that. Well, no, like, the concept of bad from the song. Bad in the modern parlance of it's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's, it's a better movie. And not, like, for better than Alien... I mean, they're totally different sort of movies, mm-hmm. even though they're totally the same. Yeah. But we're going to have a bonus episode where we cover that. Originally, it was going to be like Alien versus Aliens as like, what's the difference? And it wasn't until we started watching it that I'm like, oh shit, they actually are like the same movie. They just like, in the same sense of like how A New Hope and Force Awakens are like are the same. Similar. It's like they hit the same beats, but they hit them the same, but in a different way. Yeah. Which is why I still think that it's more action than it is horror. Mm-hmm. So, Aliens is creatively titled because there's more than one now. Yeah, in the last movie there was just one xenomorph, now we're facing How about hordes of them. many of them? <laughs> How about more than one? So, um, before we get into that, I want to just get into what action movies are, just on really, really, not what action movies are, what action horror movies <laughs> technically are, like what our criteria are, so not only so we're going to do, with a couple of exceptions, pretty much only franchises... Um, so we're going to be doing the Aliens franchise, the Resident Evil ones, and the Underworld movies, um, as well as maybe one or two individual action horrors, namely Upgrade. Yes. So, oh, I can't wait to watch Upgrade. And again, with the exception of Upgrade, it's interesting to point out that all of the main characters in these movies are women. Yes. And it's sort of, in a good and a bad way, it, their gender is relatively ignored. Mm-hmm. Um, I, for the most part, but uh, the action horror movies are, in my opinion, they're action movies disguised as horror movies. Okay. So they're not there to scare you; they're there to entertain you. Mm-hmm. So the reason we talked about this yesterday, the reason that we're definitely not going to include the Purge on these, even yes. though the Purge are semi sort of action horror, is the Purge movies are still designed to scare you. Yes. Alien. Especially yeah. the first Purge movie. Well, but that, and that's the same thing of like Alien isolation horror movie. The Purge, you know, could be argued as an isolation slash like break-in type horror movie. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what we talked about with You're Next and The Strangers. Yes. The Purge Anarchy through the rest are action movies. Yes. But these are, they are more horror movies because they are still, they still have scares in them. They're still shot and edited to frighten you. Mm-hmm. The trailers, at least for election year, was definitely a horror movie oh, trailer. Yeah. These are 
action movies disguised as horror movies. Mm -hmm. They are just horror in the circumstances, but not in how they are shot, edited, or relatively approached. Mm -hmm. With Aliens as a franchise being the closest to still isolation horror. I say they still manage to maintain some of that isolation horror yeah. in it, but it definitely leans more towards action as the series yeah. progresses. Because Aliens feels more like how zombie movies are. Like, zombie movies yeah. are that sort of, they're action, but they still are supposed to scare you. Because mm -hmm. Aliens has the same build-up and the suspense and the, um, the, the fear of the unknown that Alien has, but it does it through a sheen of, um, you know... Uh, I had like it's it's a um, the circumstances are you know you merge the given circumstance of the first movie in that you have Ripley and the Xenomorphs and you merge them with the action movies of the time which in this case is like military type movies like you got big Commando guns. yeah big guns military big you know Commando dudes like every you know Schwarzenegger movie of the time oh, yeah. like RoboCop. Like Mad Max. I say Terminator was shortly before mm -hmm. this by James Cameron as well. Yeah, I, I think that someone was talking about how if you really want a sci-fi franchise to do well, give your sequel to James Cameron and he'll just yeah. make it bigger. Because <laughs> Judgment Day, Judgment Day, Aliens—they're all just improvements of the first movie's formula by making what if there were more aliens or robots or gun like he just builds more of it mm -hmm. so while aliens is still pretty horror it's not shot to scare you yeah. so it's why technically we're not gonna <laughs> we're gonna include include it here mm -hmm. especially because i really wanted to i really want to keep harping on the trend that all of the badass characters are women yes they are all like there's not a final girl trope it's just Ripley wins because she's the best. Yeah. Celine kills Lycans because she's the best. There's dumb reasons why Alice can't die, but we won't get into that yet. But for now, it, Ripley, speaking of, of Ripley, so yes. obviously we have um, Sigourney Weaver is, is back. back. She is... Um, she kind of fucked herself after the first movie. So <laughs> she kills the alien. She blows it out into space. Mm-hmm. Records everything that happened and goes into hypersleep and is assuming that she'll be, you know, picked up by I don't know, the Federation or not the Federation, that's Star the Trek. Corporation? <laughs> the corporate, whatever. The Wayland Utani. Yeah, Wayland Utani Corporation will find her escape pod and rescue her. Um, except that doesn't happen. She kind of drifts off into deep space for 57 years in cryogenic hypersleep and um she just happens to get found by a salvage vessel who mm -hmm. returns her to earth um you know she finds out obviously her daughter is dead, dead. um which yeah. i think is important to mention yeah we watched the special edition which is about 15 minutes longer than the regular cut of aliens yeah and frankly i think it added a lot of scenes that really helped in like put together this story as a sequel to Aliens. Like, it did mention her daughter, yeah. which I think brings up more of her character arc later on. And it brings the, that whole scene of Newton and her family being, not only showing her family, but also showing that they're the ones that found the facehuggers. Yes. So, like, because I, when I remember watching it, I just remember, oh, there's this colony that's doing fine, and then all of a sudden they're not doing fine, and they're all dead. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, well, wait, 
how all of a sudden did that happen? So now that's more like, okay, well, these specific colonists are very far away, and they're like, you know, it's your call if you want to go out that far, and they find the wrecked ship from the first movie. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, we'll get into it, but they are on the planet from the first movie that had all the eggs on it. Um, So there's a... There's a whole, like... It's just like, um, you see the egg, and like, oh, one person's got a face hugger. And like, a day later, everyone is dead. Yeah. Like, it is fast. Like, insect-like swarming of these xenomorphs oh, is, is... They are like, again, like we talked about the last time, like a perfect predator. Mm-hmm. Because they're just so good at adapting and killing everything that they see. So, you've got, um, 57 years after the events of the first movie... Hadley's Hope, which is a remote colony on the planet where the Nostromo crew first discovered the alien species, sends a distress call when the Xenomorphs attack the colonists. Ripley joins a group of colonial marines to wipe out the alien threat and is joined by a, of course, fucking bad guy from the Utani Corporation <laughs> who are just like... So they first, they stonewalled her. When she yeah. gets back, they... I, it's just a shitty, like... 80s movies had a great way of making us hate corporations because they just like stonewalled her with she they blamed her for blowing up their multi-billion dollar ship well, yeah then they were like um we don't have any evidence that an alien existed so, so like nothing we've ever fuck? found has fit the description of what you described mm-hmm. and then they're like also um if hypothetically this is real would you go like and see what was going on and she asked the the company rep several times, like, hey, we're just going there to kill all of them, right? You're not trying to, like, take one? And they're like, no, 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 no. no. Never would. <laughs> it was a prize. He, he totally is. He's trying to smuggle aliens back through the quarantine. Yeah. So it's just, like, crappy because all of these movies in in Ripley's, like, perception take place over the course of, like, two weeks. Mm-hmm. Because the first movie is, like, a week or two, I believe. Yeah. This movie is a couple of days. Yeah. And the third movie takes place right after this one. Okay. I've so, never seen the third so one. She, so so she is week. also, she's, again, in hypersleep. She's got Newt. And um, Hicks is his name? Uh, the, the, the captain yeah. that she's with. So they're all in hypersleep. And she wakes up from hypersleep in the third movie. So everything is, like... Beat for beat, she's fighting xenomorphs for like All a solid time. month of her life. Yeah. And there's no break. So it's just, it's crazy because she wakes up and it's not only is all that time passed, mm-hmm. but you've got people living on that planet. Um, you know, all of these Marines who have grown accustomed to fighting less lethal species of aliens. Mm-hmm. So they're not taking this as seriously. Yeah. And when she's trying to explain to them how dangerous it is, they're like, yeah, yeah, we've heard it before. And she's like, no, you don't understand. It killed my entire crew in like 17 hours. (laughs) Like it's not, we're not messing around. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a good way to bring up uh, the whole squad of of people that she's with. Oh, absolutely. So again, so Sigourney Weaver is obviously running everything. Uh, Kills it as Ripley always is. Especially in this movie because she's not necessarily on equal footing with these guys because Mm -hmm. they're Marines. Yeah. So it's less about, you know, 
oh, it's who's this woman who's telling me what to do? It's more like, well, you're not used to fighting aliens, and we do it all the time, so, like, we got it. Yeah. It's like, and it ends up being that scene from Casper where, like, Dan Aykroyd runs out and is like, hey, um... Somebody else. Yeah, it's like, this is my job, and, like, there's still, like, a big freaking deal. So, um, Michael Bain, Bain, he's uh, Corporal Hicks. I know him most recently because he's in The Mandalorian. He was also Kyle Reese in the Terminator yes, movie. Yes, like, the, the year before. Yeah, or like, like two, two years, years before. before. Um, he's also in Planet Terror, which is that oh, grindhouse thing that yeah. Tarantino and uh, Robert Rodriguez did. Mm-hmm. So he, he's the, the prototypical like '80s like badass guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he takes control. He's a, he's a pretty sweet dude. Um, Paul Reiser is Burke, who's the company exec, who I thought was the dude from uh, Home Alone, the dad. Mm-hmm. But he's Jim from Whiplash. Yeah, because he looks Whiplash. totally different. Because it's you know it's been. It's been, like 30 little, it's years. been a while. Uh, he's also in the Kaminsky Method, which I for also forgot about. And then oh, on the crew of Space Marines, you've got Bill Paxton, who's Private Hudson, who's mm-hmm. my favorite one, because he's just like, all right, man, we can't go back in there, man. It's going to be game over, dude. Like, so not ready to deal with anything. Oh, not at all. Um, Lance Her- Hendrickson's Bishop, who's the AI that they have with them. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Ripley's not as... Prepared to deal, to with, deal an with an AI after AI. Ian Holm decided to murder her whole crew. Uh, and then you got Jeanette Goldstein, who's Private Vasquez. And uh, her INDB, they say that she's a true chameleon, but that's just a funny way of saying they put her in bronzer to play a Mexican. Yeah. Uh, she's also in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. She's in Terminator 2 and Titanic. Titanic? She's that Irish lady. Like the Irish bomb. Who's got, she's not like a main oh, character, but she's yeah. just there. But that's just to go, you know, shows like, yeah, she's not in any way Hispanic. Uh, Al Matthews is the Carl Weathers looking sergeant. Yes. To the point that I knew it wasn't Carl Weathers, but I felt like they were trying to, like, be Predator. Because mm-hmm. I just can't, like, they couldn't get Carl Weathers. So they just cast someone that looked just like him. <laughs> um, and then what I think is cool is uh, Mark Ralston is Private Drake. Now, Mark Ralston is in a bunch of different stuff that I'm very familiar with. He's been in The Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. He's been in The Departed. He's been in Rush Hour. He's the voice of Deathstroke in Arkham Origins. He's the voice of Norman Osborn in the Marvel Spider-Man yes. games. And he's one of the main FBI agents in the latter half of the Saw franchise. And we love So the we'll Saw get franchise. to know him very well. Um, in May. Once we get there. Yes, in May once we get there. He's also Lex Luthor in Young Justice. What? Which I just huh. I just looked at. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, so there's this, you know, you get this whole crew of, you know, badass space marines. Got these, like you said, big-ass guns, huge-ass flamethrowers. Oh, got yeah. all this training. They are ready to go. And they get on this planet. I mean, the, the best way of describing them is that they're, they're dropping from their, like, orbital craft. Mm-hmm. Into the atmosphere of this 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 mining colony, and you know it's like they're you know it, it's a very like you know bumpy ride. It's it's a huge you know it's a military drop. Yeah, it's a military maneuver, and they're all like just chilling. Mm-hmm. Except their guy in charge, the lieutenant, who's like only been on two missions, and this is the first one that's not simulated. Yeah. And then he looks over, and and Hudson's sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> so they get down there, 
and it's dead quiet. Mm-hmm. There's about a no more than two hundred colonists. I think about maybe one hundred and fifty to like one hundred and seventy yeah, total. One hundred seventy something. There is not a single sign of life. Mm-hmm. There's evidence of a firefight. There's evidence of explosions. There's evidence of corrosive blood. Everything that really would indicate warned them about that aliens are are screwing with people. Um, and in all of that, they use my favorite sound effect from all of these movies, which is the motion sensor. Yeah. So one of the coolest things about it is. In the like in the arcade aliens games, mm-hmm. that sounds constant because it's oh. always to signify that their aliens are are running around. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, uh, like the build up, like the thrill of the build up is very much like the first movie, but less with the like breaking of normalcy. Mm-hmm. Like it's from the get go, you know there's aliens there. Like the, oh, yeah. you wouldn't be having this movie if there weren't xenomorphs there. Yeah. Um, you know that everyone's dead. Like, you're like, okay, if there's aliens and there's no people, they're all fucking dead. Mm-hmm. Um, they're trying to pick up stuff on the motion sensor, and they only have, like, very minimal movement. Like, yeah. there's n- not a lot. Um, they also have all of those, like, mounted cameras on them. So, like, up in the command unit, like, the lieutenant can look at all of their camera feeds to see what they're seeing. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, the perfect, like, way of setting up later, like... The classic shot of, like, cameras just going out. Yeah, I love those shots. So, like, they set up all of this creepy shit. And, you know, it's... They're all still, like, yeah, like, this is nothing. It's fine. Mm -hmm. It's just weird that it's quiet. Like, you would think there'd be, like, bodies everywhere. Yeah. But there's no bodies. And it's a solid hour of just, like, them, like, walking around, like, looking for shit. They find Mm -hmm. the only survivor, which is, like, a nine-year-old girl who's hiding in like the the vents mm-hmm. and is visibly terrified oh yeah and is telling them like everyone's dead like you should leave <laughs> well and i think she i think the actress who plays newt in this movie is great mm-hmm. especially considering this is basically her only credit before she decided to go on and be a teacher yeah her and the kid that was danny torrance from the shining just decided to go be teachers after making like the greatest some of the greatest <laughs> of the time yeah yeah so they just you know and of course especially with the special edition now that we know that ripley's lost her own daughter um, she bonds with Newt a lot easier, and Newt obviously bonds with her because she, her whole family died. Mm-hmm. So she's, they are both kind of there for each other, at, you know, while the space marines are just doing their job. Yeah. You know, they're the ones that are like, you know, we don't really belong here. We're just kind of waiting until we can leave. Mm-hmm. You know, we can get her the hell out of here. I'm like, I'm sorry that her whole family's dead, but, you know, it's just the way that it is. It's the way the cookie crumbles when you're dealing with xenomorphs. <laughs> they didn't ask for this. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, like we said, at first there's nothing. At first there's just silence. There's not a lot of movement. Um, and then they see face huggers and test tubes. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, well. That's not good. I know about these. I've told you that this is how they reproduced. Mm-hmm. Then they find the kid. She's telling them everyone's dead. Then they start finding bodies. And they're all just cocooned in a mass, like, Big, big, wet, gross thing. It's gross. And they're there fostering the the child babies. 
The child the babies. The child babies. The chest babies. The chest bursters. <laughs> <laughs> the child babies. The child babies of the xenomorphs. Yeah. So, the, I mean, so the xenomorphs have organized to the point where now we see their behavior in a group as opposed mm-hmm. to on their own. They're hive. They're like a big hive. Like They oh, have... Yeah infrastructure they have drones they have soldiers they have workers they have a queen they have this whole hierarchy of you know advanced clearly advanced evolutionary survival techniques oh yeah they know that they can harvest the colonists to create more of themselves they Mm -hmm. keep them all in one place and they have them under guard so as soon as you know joe american the marine stumbles in there sees a chestburster pop out of a survivor and burns it the entire ceiling wakes up because it's made of xenomorphs. Because they just... Horrifying. Oh, man. They just start popping up like, hey, somebody there? Yeah, they just... They literally just pop their heads around. They're like, is there anyone uh, over there? Yeah. <laughs> so then the shit hits the fan. Yeah. So, <laughs> and that's when I think the movie gets really, really good is within minutes, most of these Marines are dead. Oh, yeah. Like... Within the first 30 seconds, I think four of them like kicked Four the of them are dead because they're just and completely one of them's an taken by surprise. Yeah. One of them's not even from the Xenomorph. <laughs> like, they just accidentally flamethrowed some guy off of a ledge. Like, it, within five minutes, seven of their men out of, like, the ten are dead. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of them are burned by the acid blood. A couple of them are, you know, they got... They're just in various degrees of... of harm Mm -hmm. and um they're immediately like okay uh, let's leave and then they you know they call for backup backup doesn't work Mm -hmm. they're like okay well we're stuck here uh the uh generators that we're using um we could blow them up because uh, we should probably kill everything on this planet so that nothing ever gets off or comes back in like we gotta like genocide these things like get rid of them please yeah (laughs) so where i think it becomes really cool is so their their strategy at first was purely offense Mm -hmm. search and destroy get in and just wreck this all this stuff wreck their shit they were horrifically outgunned oh yeah like outman completely outnumbered um have no idea really what they're dealing with um, decide to go on the defensive, and then it gets really freaking creepy, because you know they're welding doors shut, they mm-hmm. are checking vents, they have a perimeter sweep, they've got the motion sensor, they're like there's nothing on here, we, we you know we can figure this out. They found out earlier that they don't show up in thermal, mm-hmm. which was uh. like their big problem, because if they had scanned for like they scanned for life forms, like oh we don't find anything. And uh, it would have found that there's, like, a thousand xenomorphs. Yeah. Just, like, literally, like, bugs infesting. Infesting this old yeah. ship and colony. And, like, they traverse the vents, Ugh. which is horrifying. That That's one of my favorite scenes is they're sitting in there, like, the big guns and the... the, the... Eight meters. Seven. Six. Can't be. That's inside the room. It's reading right, man. Look. Well, you're not reading it right. And it's, uh they have all of their like all of them are ready to go in you know big ass guns, flamethrowers ready to go. The motion sensor is getting higher and higher and higher. Like, where the fuck are these things? Like four meters? That's in the room. There's nothing here. Hicks 
pops his head up in the vents, and there's just like a dozen of them up just there. Just crawling towards him. And they're screwed. Like, you, there's so many of them, and it's, it's, it's kind of crazy because fighting them at any degree of close range, you are hurting yourself. Mm-hmm. You can you can die by shooting them in the face, which is some of my favorite parts of when they would be closing doors, and like one would get their face in, and I think it was Hicks like just shoves a shotgun in its face and just blows its head off, and they got oh, like yeah. weird penis shaped heads, yeah. so like them blowing up is kind of fun looking, but man, it's just like we talked on the isolation horror about how you go from like worse like to even more worse. Like your circumstances, mm-hmm. it's the same in this in this sense. But in this sense, it's more action horror because you're like, okay, we just need more guns. We need to like, you know, wait wait out until you know help comes. Like, okay, well now we gotta just gotta blow this whole thing up. Like that's never really an isolation horror like response. Yeah, it like there's never like a let's blow these fuckers up. It's like hell like, yeah, yeah, man. It's more yeah. like, how do we leave? How do we survive? <laughs> yeah, how do we not get fucking murdered by these things? <laughs> so, um, the queen I want to talk about. Oh, that <laughs> big-ass queen. Um, oh, my God. Oh, there's also a really good quote. I think um, Ripley says it, but it's when mm-hmm. it's after they've kind of found everything about, about Burke. And uh, they have that talk, like that obligatory talk about how advanced the species is. And they're like, I don't know which species is worse. You don't see them fucking over each other for a percentage boost. Yeah, that's Ripley at birth. Yeah, I'm like, well, yeah, because they're harvesting humans yeah. and putting their babies in, like, it's because they're not better. <laughs> they're not morally <laughs> superior because they're just not, like, turning on each other because they're a well oiled machine. Yeah. Who has a boss. And that's their boss. True. Is if you took a scorpion and you filled it with radiation and then you stuck it on top of like a crazy like forearmed like it's an intense looking thing. It's huge. (laughs) It's covered in spikes. It's got a big like like a like a triceratops head. Mm -hmm. It's the only one of the species that's got four arms. Well, and it's got like a little knife at the end of its tail. It looked like all of the xenomorphs do. This one just this one yeah. This one well because it's so the xenomorph is about seven or eight feet tall. Like it's it's bigger than a human. Um, but it's built similar, like, it's not any, like, more or less muscular. It's Mm -hmm. still human-shaped. Yeah. The queen is, like, a dinosaur. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The queen is, like, easily 20 feet tall, um, can attach and detach, like, can attach and detach herself from a big egg sac. Because she's the one that lays the facehugger eggs. It's, like, the life cycle of the xenomorph is the queen... I don't know how. To the Decides egg. to lay eggs. And the eggs make the... Fi- it's kind of like how plants reproduce, where it's like some plants will make the fruit, mm-hmm. and those ones will make the... Se- like, there's different types of... Pl- I'm not going to get into botany, but, like, there's different <laughs> types of, of plants that will... Like, they have life cycles. Like, trees and acorns are different, but they're the same species. Mm-hmm. So, like, the facehuggers and the xenomorphs are like the tree and the acorn, where, like, they're two different species but mm-hmm. they, tr- they it's the same life cycle yes that makes sense right <laughs> so <laughs> so but the queen is at the top of the of the whole equation where she's laying all of these eggs and as ripley confronts the queen she finds herself in a room full of, of hundreds of them mm-hmm. um you know obviously guarded by drones and you know the queen at first just kind of is like 
Just leave. Just do your Just get thing. out of get here, out. man. Like, get out of my sights. Just leave. And then one has the misfortune of opening, so she just decides she's going to torch them all. The... So the oh. queen's like, hell okay. no, man. We're okay. We are going to finish this now. And when she rips herself off of that egg sack, you really didn't so like it. Lit. You really didn't lit. like it. Yeah. Lit. I didn't like it. No, but then that gets to the other badass parts of this movie. It then becomes sort of like Alien, where you just got the one, mm-hmm. but the one is a twenty-foot dinosaur-sized alien that is a little bit smarter. Mm-hmm. She's got a little bit more of a higher base intelligence. Yeah, because. As they depart the planet, it decides it can hide in landing gear. Um, it changes tactics as it's fighting Ripley in that mech suit, which is also really awesome. Uh, it, it just kind of seems to have a little bit more of a bearing on itself. Like, it's a little mm-hmm. bit more higher intelligence. Yeah. So that might speak to, like, kind of like ants, where as they go up a hierarchy, they get smarter. Yeah. Like, it seemed like all of the xenomorphs in this movie were all, like, drones or soldiers, so they don't have a high base intelligence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just the queen that kind of sends them all out. It's like when you're playing a video game. Yeah. Like, yeah. in the Arkham series, I'd say yeah. is a great example. Because, like, there's all those thugs you're just going to fight because <laughs> they don't really yeah, know what idiots. else they're doing. <laughs> and then you go see Mr. Freeze. And Mr. Freeze is going to adapt to everything you try to hit him with. Yeah. Yeah, well, and that's actually cool that you brought that up because we're going to be playing Alien Isolation here after uh, episode, after Alien 3. And from what you've told me, that the alien that's hunting you in that game learns. Yeah, the AI learns throughout the player's experiences. I don't like that. (laughs) And I'm very excited and very scared to start this up. I'm already kind of on the fence because I'm not very good at survival games. I'm quite bad. (laughs) And the fact that there's going to be this xenomorph who's not only hunting me, but also is learning how I, like, do stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I like that thing that you told me before. It's, it's got different vocalizations for how, yeah. if, it, if it's going to hunt you or if it's giving up. Yeah. <laughs> so I can just hear it going like, like, ah, fuck it. Yeah. I'll find you. I'll circle back to you later. But man, that'll be a really fun one to do, especially because um, we don't have a whole lot of time for this episode, but we are going to definitely come back and talk about the similarities between aliens and alien mm-hmm. uh but like and the you know compare and the con- distinctions yeah, that make yeah. them separate the compare and contrast in different genres yeah because they definitely hit a lot of the same beats but as we kind of talked about aliens has that like super big like marines big gas guns shoot all these aliens and all the toys to go with it oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> Like this again. This is during that time when movies were marketed to adults and to children. Mm-hmm. So you know, like RoboCop and Terminator, which were adult movies. Oh yeah. That they made toys for because I mean, dude, if I was seven in that time, I would fucking want a alien like I queen. Love That'd be that. awesome. Xenomorph action figure. That'd be the coolest thing ever, especially because. I could just justify, like, no, Mom, I need more because there's a hundred of them yeah. and I need them to fight all of these guys. So, I don't know. I had a couple more things about aliens specifically um, that was more, like, in the... I guess I'll, like... We'll probably get back to it more when we talk about the whole the whole Series? franchise. Like, yeah, like, the entire franchise. Because mm-hmm. Alien 3 and Resurrection have a lot of this... That's that same sort of beat where it's... People with big guns shooting aliens. Yeah. Which I won't ever object to. That's pretty like, sweet. Fun. Um, but there's a little bit of like a uh, a difference between this and 3 or even Resurrection or indefinitely the, the 
new series, the, the Prometheus, Prometheus, which we're not going to cover, by the way, because <laughs> they're not even horror movies. Even Alien Covenant, which has xenomorphs in it, isn't really a horror movie. It's just a long-winded sci-fi circle jerk. But we're being positive. But positivity. Yeah, positive. It's still cool, like, yeah. visually, the xenomorphs, like, because this is the first time that, like, they're not guys in suits. They're, that's they're, when they brought they're CGI. Scott back, right? Well, yeah, because he did Prometheus and he did Covenant. Yeah. And Covenant, the, the xenomorphs look awesome because they're all CGI. Mm-hmm. So they move a lot more like animals oh, yeah. and they, they kill people a lot more creatively and scary. Because when aliens kill people in these movies, it's always just a close-up on the face as it snarls. Mm-hmm. And then you cut to someone screaming and like it's just assumed that it's killed them. Yeah. Because you can't have a guy in a big suit like just grabbing someone. It doesn't look like you're doing yeah. anything. Although, when they swarm in this movie, it's... It's, it's, it doesn't it's matter. Creepy. It doesn't matter that they're people in suits. They're just it's creepy to look at. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You got anything else about aliens? I mean, not really. I think this movie is a really good opportunity for people who tend to lean more action than horror because, like we've kind of said, this does have definitely those horror elements. But I think it's a great stepping stone from action movie heavy. Like the modern era is very action movie heavy. We don't see as many big name or big budget horror movies like we did in the 80s yeah and so i think the focus on on action movies nowadays because action movies always are huge blockbusters these days mm-hmm. i think this is a really good step for people to realize that they don't have to be mutually exclusive yeah because this really blends the two and i think probably one of the best ways i've seen in a movie so, I love this yeah. movie. Yeah. Well, and I think that so you had the way that action movies were made in the 80s was very similar. If you watch any Schwarzenegger movie, it's pretty much the same mm-hmm. like gist of how you make an action movie. Um Aliens I think stands out because it's different. Mhm. Um, and by no means do you need to see Alien to watch this movie. Not at all. Like you can just watch this and you know, you know, they fill you in. They, yeah. they fill you in about what happened in the first movie very early on. But, I don't know. I feel like there's a, there's a greater emphasis now on bigger budget horror movies, but none of them are action movies. With the exception of, like, the Purge franchise, mm-hmm. all of them are very small, and the budget mainly just goes to how it looks. That's so, like, true. I would wager that the budget for, like, Midsummer was very high. Oh, yeah. But there's not a lot of movement in that movie. So the mo- the money now is going more towards effects and visual as yes. opposed to big set, big, you know, big explosion type stuff. But I think when you were talking about how action movies were made then, or, or like the way that they would make action movies in the 80s, like mm-hmm. the money they would spend on them, yeah, made me think like, okay, so... Action movies that are made now, with the exception of, like, the superhero movies. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, like, Atomic Blonde, John Wick, stuff like that. The Kingsman movies. Yeah, where the fighting is very stylistic and mm-hmm. very intense. Merge that with a horror movie where there's a lot of death. I think we just wrote Halloween Kills. 
I sure hope Can you so. imagine a John Wick-style oh. scene where Michael Myers is just killing people? Like, single shot. Like, Daredevil hallway scene of dudes just trying to kill him, and he's just stabbing the fuck out of people. I'm getting goosebumps because like, yeah, I want this movie I zoned out when you told me because I'm, like, imagining how that looked, <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit. They should bring Tyler Maine back just for that scene to put him in there. Uh, well, and I think you brought up a really interesting point about how they did more with practical effects rather than nowadays the money spent on visual effects. Yeah, Because, like, for thing. Aliens, I actually read a story about how some of the producers are like, hey... Um, we thought you were using a lot of money on effects. Why'd you build so many big sets? And then the like director of photography was like, oh, those are all like miniatures. We just made you think that we built that. That's so and cool. And the producers were like, oh, keep up the good well, work. Tell that story about when you were talking about the alien queen like big puppet thing. So that puppet was like 17 feet long. Yeah. And so they had to try to fit this... Per, this person in this giant costume. Was it a person in it? I thought it was like just a big puppet. I think it was it. someone who's in the big puppet. Oh, but and they most moved of it, it was okay. moved by other people. But so <laughs> it was like 17 feet long. And there's and there's a scene where it has to come out of an elevator. Yeah, it takes an elevator. They took, they took its tail off and they still couldn't fit it in the elevator without taking the back of the elevator out. That's they could crazy. barely fit the head in. And that scene in the movie, it's like definitely folded up. Oh, yeah. Like its legs and its <laughs> arms are like in front of its face. And it just looks like it's just it's a big uncomfortable. Head. <laughs> like, I don't even know how in movie world how it got in there. Yeah. <laughs> And didn't just decide, I'll just break through the floor because yeah. I'm a 20-foot-tall monster. <laughs> but yeah, that one, and especially because I bet that the, you know, as cool as that, like, mech suit looks, it's probably literally just boxes that, like, a really good artist made look like metal. Because mm -hmm. they're like, we don't have the money to no, do that shit. not at all. Well, and you said that the whole, like, big hive room where all of the where the queen is and the whole brood are mm -hmm. they use that in batman and yeah the 1989 michael keaton batman movie and they had to move all the eggs out because they just they left, just them, left there. them in there <laughs> that's just, that's what i would have done i mean i'm not cleaning up all that weird goo <sighs> if we ever come back to alien to cover on the making of it which would be a really cool story I want to know what they used to make all that not only the goo around it mm -hmm. but the drool that comes out of its things because every time they even in these in the later movies every time that they like zoom in on its face and it just curls back its teeth and it sneers it's, it's all just wet and gross <laughs> it's just drool it's yeah. so a drool there will be a lot of drool in Alien 3 next week because there's alien dogs in it oh, next no. time on Square Horror <laughs> <laughs> All right, so before we get into plugs and what's going on next week, I want to just quickly thank uh, our friend Clarissa for making us these stickers. Yes. That are now currently on both of our laptops. Um, she made us a Duke of Spook and a, and a Master of Ceremonies one that's just our cool-ass, like, profiles. Like a silhouette of our profile, yeah. Like, it's like we look like, one of, one of our other listeners told me, they kind of look like Jack the Ripper. Like, we got, like, Jack oh. the Ripper vibes, which definitely is something cool oh, that yeah. we could definitely capitalize on. For sure. Um, so, I just want to shout that out, and I don't know if she's cool with us giving away her Instagram or whatever, but, like, if she is, let us know, and yes. we'll we'll plug it on. Like, I want to take a picture of both of them and put them all on Instagram, because they're, they're, they're so cool-looking. Cool I love them so much. 
Um, also, now that we have the new studio relatively set up, uh, we have a lot more space, so we're probably gonna start hanging out these posters and shit. Yeah. But, like, any artwork we can also put up, we've got room for that. We got so, room. you know. We'd love to just, have it. Just, you know, not really asking, but just <laughs> hypothetically, if we got anything, we could put it up. We got a, um, a pentagram on the door that's made out of six, which yeah. I freaking love, um, that, uh, that one of our, uh, friend of the show also made us, and... We're kind of growing a little bit more professional. We're like at like a level two now, you know. Yeah. Like the studio is a little bit more professional. Um, we got some some stuff. Um, I I still want to talk to Kevin about that uh, intro thing that he he's planning yes. on doing because I I got some cool audio clips I want to put together to make this whole thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, and now that we have a couple, the next couple episodes will be again covering Alien. We're covering the whole franchise. We got um, a couple bonus episodes coming, mm-hmm. um, and now that the year has started, we're going to be covering new movies also. Yes. The first one will be HBO's The Little Things, which mm-hmm. this week we'll watch, and hopefully we'll be able to cover in a, sm- like a small bonus episode. Yes. Because um, that movie looks good. I'm very excited to watch it. I'm excited for, I mean, we'll, we'll, I, I think what we're going to do is we're going to watch it, see if it's horror enough. Yes. But if it's not, at least we'll have been able. We'll watch it, and yeah. it'll be cool enough. But yeah, we'll have a. Um, we'll be playing Alien Isolation. It'll be pretty fun to listen to us play games because so far when we play horror we're games, we're at bad at them, <laughs> and they make me mad. <laughs> um, and then we also are gonna cap off the series before we jump into the next franchise with the uh, breakdown of the Alien as a horror movie and Alien as an action movie. Yes. Comparisons. I know everyone's. Biting at the brittle to know that, but um, we were going to be doing that also. Oh, yes. Um, all right. Instagram, at the underscore square horror podcast. You can reach our email at squarehorrorpodcast at gmail.com. We take everything. Anything except you're... scams. Don't send us scams. Don't scam. send us scams. Yeah, don't. We don't want to yeah. deal with that. And don't sign our emails up for any, like, mailing lists or anything. We're not really looking for that. We do want to hear from you. We don't want to hear from telemarketers or any other weird websites. <laughs> we don't want any CBD cream or anything else no, that they sell. <laughs> we don't want it. We don't need that. Um, we also, of course, I know less, you know, they, they, they've more reached out in person, but there's been more people I've heard that have been listening to the show that have reached out and been like, hey, Keep it up. It's pretty sweet. Um, we're expanding a listener base, if by fractions of a percentage. We'll take it. And, I mean, I just think that's cool. So please reach out. If if you if anything that we have said makes you want to listen to these, want to watch these movies, mm-hmm. or has inspired any uh, recommendations, we'd love to talk to you. We are both very personable men. Yes. We're friendly enough, and we're both <laughs> decently handsome. Okay, so, like, you can approach us on the streets. <laughs> We're not ghouls that live in the dark. Those portraits that our friend made us are somewhat accurate in that we do look pretty good in suits if we wished. If we decide to. If we decide to. (laughs) So yeah, man. Game over, man. Game over. Stay spooky out there.